0: That's right, you're listening to Money MoneyFM 89.3. I'm Chua Tian with your Market View. Now, we're going to be talking all about the agricultural industry today. Investments into the agricultural scene have gained increased attention amid supply chain disruptions brought about by the pandemic and the war in Ukraine. Now, more recently, Hurricane Ian hit Brazil as well as Florida's Orange Belt, sending orange juice futures in New York up by as much as 3% back then. Now, the question is... How can investors in the industry mitigate such supply chain concerns, volatilities brought about by poor weather conditions and climate change? Also, how do they view the industry right now and what are some of their recent investments? Now, for more, I'm joined by Ming Peng, Managing Director, Cargill Starches, Sweeteners and Texturizers in Asia. Hi, Ming Peng, are you there? Hi, Kim Tian. Hi, great to have you on our show, Ming Peng. And let's start by sharing with us a little bit more about Cargill. Now, we're familiar with the name. Uh, You're involved in food Ingredients, manufacturing, agricultural supply chains, but where does the starches, sweeteners, and texturizers section fit in? And if we could find out more about
1: the work that you do, yeah, of course. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, glad to be here to introduce a bit more about uh, our business, right? So, uh, in terms of Cargill we are a global food and agriculture uh, company. We're committed to, you know, nourishing the world in a safe, responsible, and sustainable way. So, the company founded in 1865. In Minneapolis. Right. Uh, we connect farmers with uh, markets, right? customers with ingredients, and people, animals with the food they, they need. Uh, uh, in terms of our business, uh, Star sweetener and Texturizer, we are one of the core business of cargo food and ingredient um, uh, enterprise in Asia. So we are a global business serving, mainly the food and the beverage manufacturers, food service companies, retailers, Uh, and also pharmaceutical customers and the non-food industrial applications. Uh, So we process uh, corn, wheat, seaweeds, and food peels as the main raw materials to manufacture a broad portfolio of value-added ingredients and solution systems to our customers Mm. downstream. Right, mm. for example, some of the big brand names in the consumer market, dairy customers, including infant formula mm. right the soft beverage soft drink beverages. Cocoa and chocolate, uh, confectionaries, right. ice creams. I can go so on and so on. But so basically, mm-hmm. uh, all the food products uh, uh, that people eat, drink and use uh, every day and each day.
0: Right. Really exciting work there, Peng. We can't avoid talking about supply chain issues in the agriculture industry that we are seeing as a result of the pandemic, the war in Ukraine. So to what extent do you think, as an industry player, uh, those supply chain issues are still affecting your industry, and when do you see that uh, easing up?
1: Yeah, that's a tough question. I mean, that's kind of uh, uh, living on top of everybody everyone's mind right mm-hmm. now, especially with uh, you know recent uh, concerning. Uh, news around the world in Ukraine today. Uh, so as Cargill, we are uh, impacted in every aspect, just like most of the companies, uh, right? So, but uh, with the global supply chain and the work, kind of the capabilities, uh, the assets, footprints we have, enabled us to you know continue to adapting to these uh, conditions, and then try to uh, deal with all these operational challenges, logistic challenges, the supply chain uh, uh, disruptions, our main purpose priority is to continue to deliver for our customers and partners and ultimately the consumers in the market. Uh, We cannot, obviously, we cannot predict the future or the world, right? Right. Um, But having been through many turbulent times in the history of our 157 years, uh, we are always optimistic that, Many of these uh, supply chain issues we're seeing today will clear up over time. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the meantime, we're doing everything we can to strengthen the food system, to avoid the disruptions, and help to provide a consistent supply of food. To the market. And while you strengthen the resilience of those
0: supply chains, I want to find out what is the outlook for the agricultural and commodity scene here in Asia? What are the biggest opportunities right now amid those supply chain disruptions,
1: those inflationary pressures? Yeah, great question. And I think, uh, uh, right now, among all these uncertainties, we also see a lot of exciting opportunities, especially with Asia, right? I mean, Asia not, uh, not only critical part of the global food supply chain. Uh, we also represent, you know, 60% of the global population and we probably have the biggest uh, rising middle class. Uh, so there are a lot of, uh, uh, great opportunities for the outlook of the future. So from, uh, from our perspective of the food and the beverage industry, uh, we have seen, uh, primarily four key market trends in Asia, uh, from the com- com- consumer side, right? And we have been and will continue to focus on. Um, so, if you allow me, I just uh, pick uh, one of these four trends. Mm, sure. uh, like, for example, for healthy, for me, uh, we see the consumers, especially Asian consumers today, I put a lot of thought into what they eat, right? They look for um, increasing health and nutrition, and they also look for physical and emotional wellness. Uh, some of the trends such as, you know, reduced uh, sugar, reduced uh, salt. Hmm. Uh, and then also for the uh, alternative protein, these trends continue to grow.
0: Right. And yeah. uh, Ming Peng, I want to take a look at one of Cargill's recent partnerships with the Singapore Economic Development Board or the EDB uh, to launch your first digital business studio in Asia here to support local founders and accelerate innovation. What is the rationale behind the move?
1: Uh, I think the rational quite straightforward. We definitely see exciting opportunities in this space, mm. digital space, uh for Asia, and especially based out of Singapore mm. as a strategic you know hub for innovation for Southeast Asia and also broadly uh APAC region. Um so uh as a you know long time Uh, venture with Cargill, with the agriculture and the food industry, I have seen uh, a lot of, uh, you know, long-lasting issues that the agriculture and the food industry are facing. Um, So with this um, platform, our main purpose is to, you know, tap on Cargill's breadth of knowledge, uh, you know, the depth expertise in this industry. And Mm. combined with the speed and agility of a startup approach, come up with solutions together mm-hmm. uh, so it was built by the industry and for the industry
0: right right and ming feed us some details over here what exactly do you hope to gain out of the project any specific targets for the next three years how do you intend to reach that goal
1: yeah, sure. Uh, we have a clear roadmap of uh, uh, this uh, uh, program and uh, this platform to de- develop. Uh, as we speak today, globally, we have already incubated four businesses under this uh, business studio, mm-hmm. uh, including uh, a platform marketplace for small farmers in India and uh, uh, kind of a condolence who Pickup system that in US, but then specifically for the next three years um, in Singapore and in Asia, uh, we are looking for develop a portfolio of at least the five new startups in Singapore focused on the solutions that. customize the food for food uh, agriculture industry specifically
0: right if you're just tuning in we're now speaking to Peng, managing director cargo starches sweeteners and texturizers in asia and speaking of uh, all your plans you've recently opened this a 100 million dollar corn wet milk in indonesia so uh, tell us more about the rationale behind that move and how that has reaped profit for the company so far
1: yeah, absolutely. That's uh, uh exciting project. That's kind of the cornerstone, cornerstone project for our business um, and the strategy, strategy implementation in Southeast Asia. And it's also one of the biggest investments uh, in, in Asia in recent years, especially, you know, we completed that project during the pandemic time. Mm.
0: Um,
1: I think the strategic uh, perspective is quite clear. Uh, just as we all discussed, right, the demand in Asia for high-quality food products, in this case, the corn-based uh, starch and swim products uh, in food and in industrial and including the feed markets, are growing rapidly, and we see that trend clearly. And uh, we can position these uh, new projects, the Corn wine Milling Plants, will help us to meet this uh, uh, increasing local demand. And more than that, I think it's uh, uh, it's just a foundation uh, for our footprints um, uh, uh, based out of uh, Southeast Asia. Uh, Our next goal will be to continue expand as a business and broad our range of offerings, not just uh, uh, starch products or sweetener products, but more innovative solutions, uh, you know, for our customers and designed for the. Uh, Asian taste and flavor preference. So pretty much, you know, uh, from Asia and serve Asia, for Asia.
0: Right. Exciting days indeed. And speaking about more exciting uh, stuff, Ming Peng, I want to find out which type of commodities, which geographies are you planning to invest or grow your business in the near term and what's driving the attractiveness of those commodity types and markets?
1: You mean Asia more specifically, right? Yes, uh, right. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, Asia continue to be the strategic region for us, right? Hmm. And then I think we are pretty open minded uh, hmm. to all the opportunities. Um, and uh, uh, as a customer back company, customer driven, right? We will think about what the customer need and the consumer need. So we will grow with the opportunities that alongside with our customers. Um, so to continue to invest in either capacity or innovation, talent, as well as, you know, sustainability.
0: Right. In the meantime, uh, Ming Peng, I want to take, uh, take us to look at some volatilities in the agricultural industry. Earlier, we saw Hurricane Ian hitting Brazil as well as Florida's Orange Belt, sending orange juice futures in New York up by as much as 3% back then. So as an agricultural company, how does Cargill shield itself from such volatilities and mitigate such risks? Do you have any examples to share?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Great question. I think having a living at this uh, volatility on a daily basis—it's either you know the juice futures or palm oil futures, you know the soaring prices, right? And uh, um, we recognize the volatility of food prices and the challenges, and creating not just for us for consumers and our customers uh, uh, globally. Um, And uh, we also understand, you know, these uh, um, volatilities of commodities um, are driven by many factors from the fundamental supply and demand and the weather challenges you just mentioned, uh, Hurricane Yen, um, and also the COVID disruptions, and even a lot of uh, these days, uh, the geopolitical tensions, right? Um, So uh, we... Have a, uh, with a rich experience in terms of uh, you know, trading and risk management, we try to navigate all this risk together with our customers. Uh, so we, we are actually, as an example, we use futures market, commodity futures markets, as a tool also to manage uh, part of the volatility risk that associated mm-hmm. with the raw materials that we need to, you know, buy for our operational needs. Uh, for example, like we mentioned that uh, corn milling project in Indonesia. Right. Then we need to manage the uh, corn purchasing rate uh, from the commodity market, right? Uh, so, uh, along with all other business, either in corn, soybean, palm oil, uh, we're just working to mitigate these uh, all, um, external forces and uh, focusing, really focusing on providing a consistent supply to our customers and uh, continue to strengthen the food system to avoid these this, um, disruptions.
0: Ryan Mingpeng, I uh, really want to ask this. I only have about 30 seconds left. I understand Cargill is seeking to boost the use of biofuels in your bunkering trials and aim to blend biofuels in Singapore. Can we expect similar green initiatives in the starches, sweeteners field in Singapore and in Asia? Could you give us a teaser?
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, that's... Uh, That's uh, an interesting and exciting topic for everyone. And uh, within Cargill, we view sustainability as both uh, responsibility and also uh, uh, opportunity. For our business, we have been hearing increasing interest from uh, all our key food and beverage customers in Asia. For example, like uh, on having, you know, the farm stability assessment in the corn supply chain or having regenerated uh, agriculture programs in Asia, right? And in fact, in some of the regions in, in APAC, like in China and even in Philippines, we already have uh, these the stability agriculture programs going so, we're going to continue to uh, assess and we'll find uh, uh, the uh, appropriate third party partners uh, to together develop in this uh, area and together with our customers. Right. Thank
0: you very much, Ming Peng. Pleasure speaking to you. That was Ming Peng, Managing Director, Cargill Starches, Sweeteners, and Texturizers in Nature. Before acting on the information on Money
1: FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.